it was kind of a fluke. I just found this thing online one day about MN News. I really was intrigued by it. Then I saw that they're having this meeting in New York, so I decided to go. And I met Katie Lance. She was working. She just started working for him at the time. I don't know if you know I, Katie. I know Katie well. Yep. Yeah. So I met Katie, and we struck up this uh, real cool uh, friendship. You are listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. The Real Estate Sessions podcast is part of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. For additional real estate podcasts, check out industrysyndicate.com. Now, your host, Bill Rissa. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 190 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for, we'll call it tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited this week. I I love my Inman connections. Uh, if you've listened to this show, you know that a large percentage of the people that I talk to on the show, I first met them in person at Inman. And our guest today is Steve Weiss. He's the owner broker of Coast and County Brokers in San Luis Obispo. And the, Steve, the first time we met, if I remember this correctly, was probably a year ago at a at the O'Hara's um, little celebration that's done every year at Inman Connect in New York. Does that sound about right for you? That sounds right, Bill. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was uh, our our annual uh, Tuesday night kickoff, or un- the unofficial kickoff of 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 Inman that's been hosted by by Sean Carpenter for a number of right. years. Right. Yeah, so I met you there last year. We hooked up again this year, and and I started kind of getting a little bit of your story. And I said, uh, I, I, "Would you mind being on the podcast?" And and uh, you said yes. So I'm I'm, I'm taking I'm calling you out on that. I'm gonna I'm, I called in the marker. It's all good, right? Here I am. I could have gone home. <laughs> let, me, let me. Well, I'm gonna hurry then. <laughs> so East Coast, West Coast, we're recording this, and uh, I'm I'm at home at seven o'clock. The NFL draft starts in an hour. Steve is sitting in his office after four o'clock wanting to go home. So let's, let's make this happen. Steve, San Luis Obispo. Wow. It's just a beautiful part of California. I grew up in San Diego myself. Can I make the, I'm going to say you like most people, you're not a native Californian. Would I be right? Uh, you're, you're, you're wrong. I am a native Californian. Wow. One of the rare that are, that are still there. That's great. And, and not from someplace else. So tell me, no, so you... it's not like, it's not like you, you know, where, or, or others like on the, on the East coast, a lot of the, uh, like New Yorkers migrate down to Florida. Right. Right. I grew up in San Diego and, uh, left, I was there about 40 years before I, we, you know, work took me away. Um, love California, go back there a couple times a year, but you're in a very cool spot. You're, Let's, I, I'd love for you to describe to people um, what San Luis Obispo is like, because it's is I like to think of it as the last outpost before you get to the Big Sur. Am I kind of is that about well, right? Yeah, it's a gateway to, uh, you know, to Big Sur. San Luis Obispo is um, the entire county is uh, about two hundred seventy five thousand people. It spreads from uh, from wine country, which is Paso Robles, which is the north end of the, of the county to the south end which is Arroyo Grande, uh, Napomo area. In the middle is the city of San Luis Obispo, which is a college community. Um, a very unique town. If you really want to know about it, you should Google uh, the happiest town in America because Oprah Winfrey did a little segment here and really put us on the map. Wow. Now, she she lives just south of you, right? And she she, she lives in Santa Barbara. Santa yeah. Barbara. Yeah. How, far are you, how far are you from Santa Barbara? 
uh, about an hour and a half. So San Luis Obispo is located, it, we're, we're called the Central Coast for, for a reason. We're right in the middle uh, between LA and San Francisco. Okay. And I've, I've done that drive a couple times back in the day. San Luis Obispo is always a stop. You know, it, it kind of pulls away from the water, but that's a, it's a great place to kind of stop, make that pit stop before you, you know, attack <laughs> what's, what's sure. waiting for you up north. <laughs> well, you you probably stopped off at the Madonna Inn, right? Oh, of course. Yep. You yeah. know, tell people about that. Well, the Madonna Inn is historic. It's uh, all, all the rooms there are all they have themes, if you would. And Alex Madonna built this town essentially. Had this hotel, and uh, he's no longer with us, but he had this hotel, and it's very pink. Everything inside is pink. And again, all the rooms have their own theme. And the and the biggest uh, th- you know novelty of that is the men's bathroom. Everyone has to go see the men's bathroom because it has a waterfall, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. automatic. That's automatic during certain times. <laughs> yes, gotcha. Absolutely, that's great. It's it's yeah. well worth the stop if you're 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 in that part of the state. I, I like I said, it's a it's a beautiful part of uh, California. It's you know all about you said the university right. Cal Poly San Luis Obispo is here. It's a, a very challenging school to get into. It's uh, right. agriculture. It's engineering. It's uh, it's a uh, you know you have that parchment and and you can go places. My oldest son has his undergrad from Cal Poly, which was uh, in uh, industrial technologies, and then he stayed and got an MBA, and then he also got a master's of engineering management at the same time. Wow! And and now he is a an engineer for Callaway Golf Company. Oh, down yeah. in San Diego? Down in Carlsbad, yeah. Carlsbad, yeah, just north. That's great. Wow, we might, we might talk off air about that. Let's uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally getting yeah. some payback. Yeah. Did you I'm did you grow up in uh, the Central Coast or where in California were you uh, I were you raised? Grew up in the San Fernando Valley all the way up until 1985. When my girlfriend at the time and I decided to move up here and buy a house, the first year was very challenging. The second year, I got into uh, real estate and um, kind of looked happily ever after. You're talking like 1987 you got in the business? Actually, actually, it was 1985 I got in the business. Wow. I came up here. It was, it was, it was, yeah, I got the, I got the numbers there mixed up a little bit. No, I, I've been in the business since 1985. First brokerage that you worked for while you were up there? Was the brokerage that uh, the the broker sold us our house? Bayosos Brokers uh, uh, took me. He took me under his wing, uh, gave me my first list. His it was his listing, uh, gave it to me to sit at every weekend. Here you're going to sit here every weekend at an open house, and and that's how that's how you're going to build your your client, uh, your client base. And sure enough, I did every weekend, every weekend, and then things just blossomed. My first year, I sold sixteen houses. <laughs> that's we're talking close to 35 years ago, and that strategy can still work today, can it? It does. It does. Yeah. That's what I tell. That's what I tell my uh, my my newer agents today. Did you go into real estate right out of school, or was there something you did before? I was in banking. Okay. Yeah, I was in banking, and that's how I met my bride. She was my girlfriend who moved up here with me. I was in banking for a number of years, and just uh, decided to. To give this thing called real estate a shot, because the broker that I that sold us our house was talking to me about it and sounded kind of cool. I never, I was never ever worked on full commission before. It scared the hell out of me. How long are you with that brokerage? I'm with that brokerage for eight years. Okay, and what was the next move then? 
The next move was I was recruited by a Better Homes and Gardens. Now, this is the old Better Homes and Gardens, the, the right. original, mm-hmm. uh, the Meredith Corporation. And they, they recruited me to manage their office, which I did. And that was in 1991 or 92, somewhere around there. And that office then turned into GMAC. The Better Homes and Gardens sold to GMAC which was a terrible, a terrible move. We had people coming to our office trying to make their car payments. Um, oh, yeah, right? Nice, nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, from that, they sold, they, they got out of the GMAC uh, uh, franchise and went to Century 21. So I worked for three different companies, but under the same brokerage. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I'm thinking about pr- home prices in California. You know, I know in the early mid seventies it was super affordable, relatively. Yeah, but interest rates were at, were at twenty one percent. That's true. That's true. Yeah, especially in the early eighties. But right. when did the when did the big spike happen? Wasn't it kind of closer to the late nineties where it just went out of control? We, we'll call it. Yes, uh, we, yeah. we've we've had a we've had a couple of those, but that was the first one, and the second one was uh, after the recovery, which is all driven by supply and demand. You're you're in a small county. You're talking, I mean, 275,000 people in the whole county, right? There are right. small cities that have more people than that. So right. your inventory, like how many in a typical, in your MLS area, how many sales a year are you talking about? Not a lot. How many how many agents in your MLS are on, on the board or in the well, board that you in remember? The, in the San Luis Obispo Association, I think there's about 300. Wow. So so we have a regional MLS here. So and, and we have several boards. You have the Paso Robles and North County Association of Realtors, San Luis Obispo, uh, Cena Coast, which covers uh, uh, Los Osos, Morro Bay, Cayucas, Cambria. Down south, we have in Arroyo Grande, we have Pismo Coast Association of Realtors. All encompasses about about a, a little over a thousand, maybe twelve hundred people. Okay, and that obviously that's that's what the market bears there. With with so few sales, you you've got to. I imagine you got to know what you're doing to be successful in a market like that. You're not going to fake it. No, but it's just, it's the it's the old you know you know ninety ninety ten rule. Look at my time my time in title. I, I don't want to say this too often, but I'll go ninety five five if you really put my feet to the fire. Like five percent right. of the people are doing ninety five percent work. Right, right. This is what I do for a living, Bill. I'll be entering my my thirty fifth year in June. I know now, though, you opened your own brokerage. So somewhere down this path, um, you decided to go out on your own and, and Coast and County is your, your operation. Talk yeah. about that decision and, you know, what does your operation look like? How What's the size and that sort of thing? First of all, I was the broker for a large Century 21 office here during the uh, challenging years, which was really a blessing because, because the owners who were out of area uh, needed me or asked me to run their operation. And the operation was 100 plus agents that spanned the, the entire county. Um, so they paid me very well. So I was, I was very lucky during, during the recession to, to have that. Then they lost the brokerage uh, because of the market being so tough. And another Century 21 purchased them who had a broker and they no longer needed me. Uh, they wanted me to stay to manage, but it just wasn't my gig. So then I was gonna go open up my own office and at the time, I, I had two kids in college. I, I had one at, at here at Cal Poly and the other one at, at, a, at a UC. And so we're forking out between, you know, living arrangements and everything, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a quarter, you know. And so it was, it was a lot of money. I decided not to open up my own place and, and go to work for someone and manage again. 
but it just it just didn't work out. And then I uh, I hooked up with a couple guys, and we were going to open up a place here in San Luis Obispo, and we did. And we uh, this is another brokerage. I don't even want to I want to name it. And me and my current business partner and two other guys built this. It was a branch office from from another company, and we just rocked it. And then these two guys that we were partners with were just kind of knuckleheads who didn't like the fact that we were growing bigger and better than their original office was, and they asked us to uh, to step aside. So we did. So we 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 have this office of, at the time, about 10, 12 producing agents that that we we recruited, and my business partner and I opened up Coast and County Brokers. And uh, they all came with us. How big is your operation now? Is it still about the same size, kind of? No, we have about 18 agents right now. We're right in downtown San Luis Obispo, right above the most popular restaurant here in in town, uh, Giuseppe's. And um, we have a great view of what we call Chinatown. We are in a in a historic building. It's a it's over a hundred years old. It's owned by the Sinsheimer family, who is uh, Warren Sinsheimer is a local attorney here. Great guy. We rolled into this about, oh, it's going to be five years now. You know, it sounds like when you talk about your operation, it almost sounds like when you talk to somebody in a ma- like a major me- metropolitan area, like you, you've created a team, but it's a brokerage. Like, right. Does that make sense? Is that my yeah. on the right path? Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I feel like we do have more of a team concept here. You know, it's a lot of fun working here. You know, uh, tonight is our farmer's market. It's one of the most popular, I think, in the country. We get about 10,000 people every Thursday night going through farmer's market. We have a booth there, and we've been very successful uh, selling homes from farmer's market, believe it or not. People don't go there to buy a house, but we, we, we cultivate from there. We get their information. We get them online. We you know set up portals for them, and we'll eventually list or sell homes from it. I have to ask you this question. We we have a, a, a nice farmer's market here in St. Petersburg, but so who's on either side of you? Tell me there's something really cool, the booths that you work between. Oh, gosh. On one side, they have mixers for, 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 for drinks and they're all oh, natural okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. It's all natural stuff. And on the other side is, uh, I think it's a, a Thai tea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. a, it sounds like a perfect farmer's market. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very eclectic. I, yeah. I would call the Central Coast eclectic, right? I think it's uh, oh, it's kind of... absolutely. Especially the beach communities. You know, you right. can have a million dollar home next to a three hundred thousand dollar home. Let's talk about just some uh, takeaway for a listener. When you open the brokerage, and you, now you've been in management a long time, you've been a broker. But if someone's thinking about doing it, no matter where they're at, there's probably a few universal thoughts that they should kind of uh, adhere to. What would you tell them? Stay within your budget. Number one. Good. I guess number one is have a budget. Number two, stay within <laughs> in, in, in your budget. Right. And I think the most important thing that I could stress would be never stop recruiting. Right. Because that's what it's all about. Just never stop recruiting. And it's a pain in the neck and no one likes doing it. But in order to survive, you got to get the players here. Yeah. And you got to get the right people, right? It's not just putting bodies in the shop. It's really, no, it's really no. focusing on the right people, right? We don't have like, there's this, you know, we, we know who these companies are out there that will hire anyone and, you know, and everyone because they don't know who the superstars are. I can pretty much tell whether someone's going to make it or not in this business, just, just from, just from an interview. This guy comes from the years of years of experience, I'm sure. And Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a real good feel about it. And I and and if they want it really, really bad, then hey, prove me wrong. I like yeah. it. Your resume is uh, you know, kind of looking online and doing my homework. 
you are heavily involved at the local and state level of the, you know, the associations, whether it's California Association or your local boards. It's it's a common theme with people on the show. And the only people I have on the show are generally people who have been successful. And so I'm going to assume there's a connection there. But tell me your your thoughts on why that volunteerism is so important. Oh, well, first of all, I do it for selfish reasons, uh, for my own knowledge. I was the chairman of the Standard Forms Committee uh, in 2008, but I was on the committee for, oh, four or five years before that. You can ask anyone in our association about forms. They, they, they know to come to me. And don't, don't question me about these forms. I know the forms like I know the back of my hand. There is invaluable information gathered at these, at these, at these meetings. Plus, you know, again, it's like Inman, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a referral source. Most, most of my best friends, you know, are, they're, they're all in the business. When you say forms, you're, are you talking actually about even the contract? Like the, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking, yeah. I'm, stand, I'm talking uh, standard forms, California yeah. standard forms. So yeah. it, it, it was a committee of about 30 people with a couple of California Association of Realtor uh, attorneys. It was a lot of work, it was a lot of fun. So I helped write not this most recent uh, purchase agreement, but the one before that. Do you have Go lenders ahead. like lenders in there, title people? You do, do no. all the none of the no. other parties are a part of it. No, it's strictly okay. it's strictly the realtor family. A little different in Arizona. They actually um, invited in the 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 vendor partners, the people that kind of had a stake in the contract. So that's interesting how two states can look at that completely differently. Unless they're doing something different now, I don't think so. This is this is strictly a realtor members. You've also you've done some radio work there in town, right? I mean, talk about I, that and, and how you got connected with that. I have. Well, I I called into this uh, to this gentleman. It's uh, it's a number one radio show. I called in probably you no know, ten fifteen years ago. It's called the Dave Congleton Show. He invited me to come on his show. We talked about uh, we talked about real estate. And then I became very good friends with this with this gentleman. I mean, like best friends. And then he invited me more and more. And then he asked me to take over the show when he was gone. So I filled in for him uh, numerous times. He gets a little upset when people recognize my voice out, out when I'm with him, especially. You know, he says he says, "Oh, I've created I've created my own my own Frankenstein." But uh, but yeah, I've done quite a bit of uh, of, of radio. It's a it's a four hour talk radio show. You talk uh, anything from real estate to politics to local stuff to it's all all over the board. Occasionally, I'll talk real estate. You know, I talk that all day anyway, so I try to mix it up a bit, but uh, I try and stay away from too many of the controversial controversial subjects. Yeah, I think in your business, it's kind of better to kind of stay, stay a little more neutral. I think right, right. right. I stay pretty vanilla, but I, but I'll tell you, I've had a, a couple political shows that 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 went over very well. Talking politics, let me. That's a nice segue for this question I have because growing up in California, I've had some family member, members. In fact, I worked for the San Diego Padres, and John Moores, who's uh, who was the owner at the time of the Padres, this is in the mid '90s, built. He had he bought the last lot on the 18th hole at Pebble Beach, and I remember him telling me that the permits and fees alone to the state of California was somewhere north of three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. I'm, I'm surprised it was that cheap. Well, this is in the mid '90s. It's probably way more today. But talk about it's 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 still called the California Coastal Commission, right? It is. Yeah, and it it's been around forever. And I understand they are definitely protecting one of California's most amazing natural resources, which is the coast. But boy, sometimes they can be difficult to work with if you're in the real estate game, right? 
Well, yeah, I mean, so we have we have something called the Twin Bridges uh, out where, where I live, and it would always flood, always, always flood during high tide and the rainy season. So they decided they're this is a number of years ago now, and they decided to to raise the uh, the bridges. There's two ways out of my town. There's through the through the bridge and then around another way, which is a long way. The Twin Bridges project came to a screeching halt because of two red-legged frogs. Two mm. frogs. We're also dealing with, in some areas, something called the banded dune snail that the California Coastal Commission has has uh, gotten their their hands on that and uh, kangaroo rats. You name it. There's, I mean, the 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 environmental challenges here on the Central Coast are are numerous. Yeah, I don't think people think about that very much, especially in other parts of the country. That just that stuff never pops up, but it's it's part of. Um, it's part of California's real estate culture, I guess, if you wanted to oh, call it oh, that. Oh, it is. So, so yeah. when someone tells me they want to buy, you know, a lot and they're going to build their home, I, you know, I tell them all the gory details before you put a shovel in the ground. You'll you'll spend a couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. Just just going through the process and just getting to that it. place where you're able to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and look, that's a but that's something that you know well and that's value you bring that maybe uh, some other agent can't. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, plus my wife works, works for the county, so I, I have a little insight there, too. So um, <laughs> That helps. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I happen to sleep with someone who uh, who, who, who knows quite a bit of the, of the ins and outs there. So Of the local stuff. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, so tell me what, you know, the, the whole iBuyer thing that's floating around out there. I know, you know, if, you're a regular at Inman, so you hear all the same things I do. And uh, is it is it affecting you yet where you're in in that part of, the, of California? Not yeah. one bit. Nope. What's your median price point? In the county, five and change. Okay. In, yeah. in the city, in the city, about seven to eight, somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's just way beyond their comfort zone at the moment, right? Right. I mean, if you ask ten, if you go out the farmers market tonight and ask ten people about high buyers, no one would know. Okay, <laughs> that explains it then. That's perfect. Yeah. Let me let me let me uh, one one question, then I'll get to our, our wrap up question. Tell me how long you've been going to Inman. What got you there in the first place? Well, I see you in Vegas. You know, give me the give me the wrap on Inman on from your point of view. Inman, I've been going since 2007. Wow. And it was it was kind of a fluke. I just found this thing online one day about Inman News. I really was intrigued by it. Then I saw that they're having this meeting in New York, so I decided to go. And I met Katie Lance. She was working. She just started working for him at the time. I don't know if you know Katie. I know Katie well. Yeah. Yeah. So I met Katie and we struck up this uh, real cool friendship and, and business relationship. I sent her and Brad after that, that first meeting uh, a thank you note for all the information that I got. Because I really, I really had some great takeaways. And, you know, look, I always, I always tell everyone that they go to him and look, you're going to get a fire hose of information a fire hose just coming at you, you know, just pick one or two things out and, and try to implement those. Anyways, I wrote them a, a real nice, a real nice note, thanking them for all, all the information. And Katie reached out to me and said, Hey, we, we want to treat you to, to, to the next inmate. And so they, uh, they were kind enough to, you know, to, to give me a comp ticket one time <laughs> yeah. and I just kept going. 
I just, I just kept going. And it's interesting. I've only been to San Francisco once, and that's when I was an ambassador. And the only reason why I don't go to San Francisco when it was there is I love New York City. Number two, San Francisco is just too close to me. You know, I can go there anytime. Although yeah. I, love see, I love seeing the people. I love seeing my friends that I made. Will I be yeah. in Vegas? I probably will. Okay. I probably will. I, yeah. You know, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a different dynamic in Vegas. That's all I got to say. I think I just want to go and watch. Our last time we connect was uh, the coldest I've ever been in my life was that walk to Madison Square Garden from the hotel for the Knicks game. Oh my goodness. That Wednesday night, we, uh, we took my cousin, my, I have family that lived there. We took her out to a show and it was in the minus. It's the first yeah. time we've ever hit minus. And then uh, my wife and I on Friday, that Friday night, went to see Justin Timberlake and, and we walked home. But there, we walked home from Madison Square Gardens to our hotel in Times Square, but there was no wind finally. There's no, oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was 15 degrees. That was a little bit more tolerable. That wind, that wind chill, forget it. I've had you here and you got to get home. So let me give you the uh, final question I've asked every guest since uh, Jay Thompson on the first episode. And that's, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started, what would it be? Never, ever make it about the money. Once you make it about the money, you might as well just, just hang it up because it's going gonna, it's gonna to show like a sore thumb. Focus on the people because if you focus on the people – the money's going to come. Steve, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can reach me at steve at steve-weiss.com, steve at steve-weiss.com, or 805-886-1404, 805-886-1404. Steve, I can't thank you enough for uh, for taking a little bit of time out right before you're heading home, actually, from the office and, and sharing kind of your journey, your story with uh, with my listeners. I really appreciate the time. And I do hope I see you in Vegas. I'll, I'll, I'll sit on a bench with you and we'll watch the crowds go by. Bill, first of all, thank you for inviting me onto your show. I, I, it's, it's an honor. I, I really appreciate it. And um, I'm going to take you up on that. Okay. We'll find each other. Thanks, Steve. All right, buddy. You bet.